listening to Law and Gospel Bible Study on this Wednesday, September the 7th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're kind of going through the book of Proverbs. Now, you know, our program is called Law and Gospel. And beginning this week, we are going to be offering a item for sale that you can help support Law and Gospel with, and we're going to have it at a reduced price. What we're looking at is the reader's edition of Law and Gospel. This is a very lengthy book. You can get it from Concordia Publishing House, but the cost there, including postage, would be about $55. We're going to be sending you the book for $40, and that includes postage and handling. So there's no additional cost. You simply email me at lawgospel at lawgospel.com. Lawgospel, L-A-W-G-O-S-P-E-L, at lawgospel.com and request a copy of the book. Do not send any money. You will get a bill when you receive the book, and then you can send us the $40. Law and Gospel, a reader's edition. Really, really important to have at a reduced price. So for this Wednesday, September the 7th, We're going to continue with our study of Proverbs. And we're in Proverbs chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. This is where Solomon, by the Holy Spirit, reveals from God himself what is righteous behavior. Now, that's very important because we're not talking about justification, we're talking about the life of sanctification. And sanctification is after you have been totally saved, and this is your response to God. So, verse 1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Yes, that's the ESV translation of chapter 12, verse 1 of Proverbs. The word stupid is the English word often used to refer to those who are unbelievers. It doesn't mean that they may not have a high IQ, but they have no knowledge of God at all. An unbeliever cannot fathom who God is. In fact, try this on your unbelieving neighbor, relative, or friend. Ask them, when you think of God, how would you describe him? And I guarantee the answer you hear will not be biblical. They have no knowledge of the true God because they don't have faith. And that's why it's so important to tell them about what Jesus did for them, because that's how the Holy Spirit 
provides them with the faith to believe the unbelievable. So you look at this, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Now, once more, the word discipline in Proverbs, you know, kind of from disciple, but it is something that every parent has to do because no one has a child that is sinless. So from the beginning of instruction, they're always doing discipline to remind the child what is important about how they live their life in regard to Jesus Christ. Now, discipline can at times involve some negative consequences to your bad behavior. But as you get those negative consequences, you begin to love knowledge. The best way to understand this verse is when you learn from your mistakes, which is sin, that becomes a valuable lesson. It's kind of like when I tried to build a room at my house in the basement. I was putting up some walls. Well, I didn't know how to put up walls, so I just got by four by eight sheets from the hardware store, and I nailed them to the ceiling. Well, guess what? They lasted about two weeks, and the walls came down. And so I learned that there was a different way in putting up a wall that would be more sturdy. In other words, I learned from my mistake. That's valuable. And that's why God disciplines us And we get to love God because we learn valuable items when we sin as to why we should not sin. And that's what that means, that those who love knowledge, namely the knowledge from God himself, they also love discipline because it helps them to understand how to live properly in this world. In contrast to the second part of the verse, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Now, another translation for the Hebrew word reproof is correction. He who hates correction is stupid. Now, correction is something that helps a person to learn from one's mistakes. And a lot of people who are in jail hate this correction, the punishment for whatever items they did that were against the law. And therefore, they're just going to get worse. So those who love discipline, they love knowledge. And I enjoy listening to YouTube. A lot of the prisoners, when they're talking, they say, When I get out, I'm going to change my life. I'm not going to be involved in drugs anymore. I'm not going to be stealing because I don't want to come back to this place. So they are not stupid. They are appreciating the correction that they have received. And that occurs with a parent to a child. And it appears 
uh, uh, occurs also with adults in the workplace, uh, in the neighborhood, in the family. Verse 2, Proverbs 12. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of evil devices he condemns. Now, remember, the goal of a pastor is not only to help you understand the original languages of the Bible, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, the Greek, but also to help you understand the English. A good man obtains favor from the Lord. In Proverbs, a good man is equivalent to a believer. In other words, we're talking about works that come from imputed righteousness. What? What? What am I saying? What's imputed righteousness? That's a righteousness that God declares you to be because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And when you have received that justification, then you love to do what God wants you to do. The more you understand how far Jesus went in getting your sins forgiven, the more you love him and the more you are a good person in the sense of fruits of imputed righteousness. Just take a look at Matthew 25 to hear about those fruits that the sheep were doing. They were ignorant of them, but God knew them. In contrast, to a spiritually good man who obtains favor from the Lord, and that particularly occurs on the last day of judgment, where heaven becomes your home. In contrast to that, a man of evil devices, he condemns. Now, another word for devices is plans. And a man of evil can also be understood as a schemer. Every time he makes a, a decision, he's scheming how it will be in his interest. You hear this in movies all the time. Somebody is asked to do a favor for someone else, and they often will ask, well, what's in it for me? That's the attitude of the unbeliever. And so a man who is a schemer, he has plans that God condemns because the plans are not only contrary to the will of God, but they have the wrong motivation. So what we're talking about is a distinction between an unbeliever and a believer. That is really clear in verse 3. No one is established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will never be moved. Now, what does that mean? We, we can read the English. We know what each English word means. 
But you need to look at the original language to understand what is really talked about. No one is established by wickedness. That means no one becomes secure by wickedness. In other words, a wicked person, an unbeliever, will never have peace of mind. Why is that? Because unbelievers are always anxious about worldly possessions. Am I going to have enough money? Am I going to have a nice house? And am I going to have a nice car? Am I going to have a family I can be proud of? And they're looking to earthly things. They don't have their eyes on heaven. And so they do not get peace of mind when they sin. In contrast to the root of the righteous will never be moved. Another way to translate that means that the righteous who trust in the promises of God, that person will never be shaken. It's kind of interesting that watching on YouTube how they harvest certain fruit that is growing on trees. What they used to do with this one fruit, and I can't remember what fruit it was, but they would hire a number of people with long poles, and they would go to the tree, and then they would take the pole and knock the fruit off the limb. And, well, there would be 20, 30 people working until the fruit all came off the tree. Well, they do that differently now because they're using machines. They have a machine that they put up to the tree and then there is kind of a wrapping that they can put around the tree attached to the machine. And when they turn on the machine, it makes the tree shake so much that the fruit falls off automatically. And then there's a kind of a blanket that they have under the tree that rolls the fruit into the truck. So instead of five or 10 people on one tree, two people can operate this machine and get all the fruit. Well, the root of the righteous as we trust in promises, will never be shaken, no much, how, no much how the devil may grab your branch, because God's promises are always true. Now, verse 4 is really explained 31 chapters verse 30, chapter 31, 10 to 31 in Proverbs. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. Now, what is an excellent wife being the crown of her husband? This is a woman who has a strong character, 
and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And she can be a crown for her husband. This is really important that therefore, when a person is looking to marry, say a wife, then he should not be just looking at her looks. Is she good looking? Well, he be proud of her because of the way she looks. No, you instead choose a wife of wisdom. Now, she may have good looks, that's fine, but that's not the main criteria. I, I've seen this, the opposite happen, where she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. The wife, for example, of which I'm familiar, of pastors is really important. You have some wives who think that when their husband is called as pastor, that she is called as co-pastor, and therefore is to make decisions for the church. No, she allows her husband to be the pastor. And when she brings shame to her husband, it is like rottenness in his bones. I know of wives who even swear in front of congregational members when they get angry. Well, that brings rottenness in the bones of a pastor, whereas an excellent wife is a crown of her husband. Now, you can take a look, therefore, at Proverbs chapter 31 to discover how wonderful that wife is. Verse 5 of chapter 12. The thoughts of the righteous are just, the counsel of the wicked, that's deceitful. Now, another way of translating that, the thoughts of the righteous are the plans of the righteous are just. So the righteous make plans according to God's wisdom. And therefore, that's very, very important. The thoughts of the righteous are therefore the thoughts of God. And they are just. They're according to God's will. In contrast to the counsels of the wicked. Now, what does the counsel mean? Well, it's kind of from the word counselor. When do you need a counselor? When you are in trouble. And so a better way of translating this is that the guidance of the wicked is deceitful. You see, how many so-called psychologists today will be talking to gay people and say, no, that's the way you were born, and you should just be content to be gay. In fact, the state of California wants to make it a law that pastors cannot attempt to change the views of a gay person because that could result in being sued by the government. That's how bad things are in this country. So the counsels of the wicked, they are 
deceitful. Verse 6, the words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright delivers them. Now, what does that talk about? Well, both of them are dealing with words. The words of the wicked, the mouth of the upright. Now, we know that the mouth of the upright, those are words that confess the faith of Jesus Christ. And that delivers the upright. Another way of saying deliver is they will be saved through that faith in believing that Jesus Christ died for them, paid for their sins, and heaven is their home. So that's why the upright sing praises to God, give him honor, and pray to him. But how do you understand the first part of verse 6? The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood. Now, what does that remind you of? That reminds you of an animal that is out searching for prey, maybe a lion who wants to attack an antelope. So the lion, from the antelope's point of view, is wicked. So talking about lion, lions that lie in wait for blood, another way of translating this would be the words of the wicked are a den deadly ambush. And the reason for that is that the words of the wicked are sinful and do not have righteous motivations. They've already been talked about earlier in the Proverbs that they're trying to get what's in it for me, what's to my advantage. And so a lot of time, the words of the wicked really are a deadly ambush. We see this in a lot of millennial youth today who hang around other youth that use drugs or steal or have different kinds of lives that are contrary to the Bible. And that's why it's really important that parents be careful about who the friends of their children are. I was very fortunate that I had members of the congregation who also had children and would invite my children over to their house. They would have a band going and they would have, therefore, other adults watching over them. And so, therefore, they were delivered by the words that confess faith. Verse 7, the wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. Now, this is talking about judgment day because the wicked will be overthrown on judgment day. They may be quite wealthy. They may have a lot of possessions, but on the day of judgment, they will be no more. They will no longer be with God. 
God will not be giving them blessings because being wicked unbelievers, they will be in hell. But the house of the righteous will continue to stand. And what's the house of the righteous? It's the kingdom of God. On earth, the holy Christian church, in heaven, heaven itself, and it will continue to stand. It will be the new Jerusalem. And notice, God is the agent of action. That is to say that the house of the righteous, it doesn't stand because the righteous are so good. It stands because God is so merciful and gracious. Final verse, 8. A man is commended according to his good sense, but one of twisted mind is despised. So here again we have a distinction. A man according to good sense, that's referring to those who follow the sense of the Holy Spirit in the life of sanctification. And when it says he is commended, he is praised. And why is a believer praised? Because a believer loves to do things for the neighbor who is in need. And neighbors begin to recognize who has good sense. When they hear good guidance from someone and they don't follow it, and end up in a predicament, they begin to love discipline because they love knowledge. But one of twisted mind is despised. That is, one of a twisted heart is despised. Now, we cannot judge people by their heart, but we judge people by what they speak. And that's what Proverbs 12 is all about. Tomorrow, we'll be taking a look at another subject from a law and gospel point of view. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.